From all corners of the globe to your ears, it's the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Sometimes informative, sometimes controversial, but always unpredictable. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast with your hosts, Hunter, John, and Stu. And now, on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to week three of Monsters Month. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Monsters Revenge from 1981, something I'm looking forward to uh, greatly. But before we do that, we're going to get to the usual cast of uh, crew, and we're going to go to Dallas, Texas. I'm always getting these wrong over there. Introducing. Yo. Okay, over in Denver, Colorado. Haircut, Johnny, have you? Yeah, looking very yeah, sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Finally cut the shag off. <laughs> hmm. uh, you didn't bring home the enthusiasm from the barber, though, did you? Of course. <laughs> um, down there, <laughs> I hope I got it right. John Grace in Denver, Colorado. See? <laughs> uh, and, of course, returning again for week three is over down there, Mr. Garo Nagosian. Hey, and also, but once you finish the intro, I got stuff from last week I forgot to talk about, like All like right. just like the last episode. No, please don't <laughs> so, Brian Singer stuff because we no 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 no. I because I I write notes and I don't look at them during the show. So mm-hmm. all right, no worries. Here. No bathhouse berry stories. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. All right. Before we get into last week's uh, details that Garrow wants to get into, I'm going to play a little game with John. And Garrow, I want you to I want you to name this person if you can identify who they are. Okay. Okay. So I'll start with uh, John. Okay. I'll have to go to share screen. I want you to tell me who John who this is. That's uh, Fred Wynn, right? Very good. One point to John. All right, Garrow, you're next. Okay. I want you to tell me. If you can see, if you can recognize who this is. Yvonne DiCarlo. Very good. All right, John. One mm. point for Garrow. John, can you tell me, do you recognize who this person is? Oh, it's Al Lewis. All right. Tight race. Okay, Garrow. Let's see if you can tell me if you recognize who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> It's Lazy Craze Boss. It's Lazy Craze Boss. I'm playing video games. I'm very good at them. The machine made so much money. Except virtual Craze. Just put money in the machine all day. We can make money. It's profit. It'll make a profit of $400 a day. $400 you don't have, Alex. There you go. I found it. Boy, oh, I snagged a picture. I thought I've got to share it because people have been asking me, "What does he sound like? What does he look like?" <laughs> I thought you say he looks like Ben Crosby's grandson. <laughs> <laughs> he does. There... Ben Crosby's grandson looks like that. Does he really? Yeah. What's his name? I had, I had lunch with him and his mom. Uh... Spice Williams a few years back, and he he looks just like that. No, your old boss's name. What's his name? Uh, no, uh, well, I'm not going to say his name, but... <laughs> we've, we've said it before anyway. Yeah. 
We gave it away, well, people, but people can go dig that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people can listen to every single episode until they find it. Exactly. Them. You have to go back and listen to every episode. I'm not going to name them. <laughs> I'm not going to name the Brazilian today. <laughs> that could be next week's game. Name the Brazilian. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, you should give a prize. Still, I still like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I was I was introducing my kid to Led Zeppelin this week, playing it yeah. in the car when I took him to school. And your son said, "Sounds like the Ramones." <laughs> yeah, I kept I kept popping him. It kept popping in my head. Uh, Laser Craze boss going. I still listen to Led Zeppelin. I still like it. <laughs> All right. Now that game existed for no reason, just to see the reaction from these two after their last matches. <laughs> Yeah, made my heart. Just, I was just going. Where's this of... going? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I, I, I hate to line them up so they hit the wrong picture at the wrong time. <laughs> All right, Gary. What's what did we miss from last last episode? Okay, in Monsters Go Home. Do you remember when um the um brother and sister were uh, planning on scaring them, uh, Herman and the whole gang. Yeah. Uh, and they were fighting over uh, who got to wear the white sheets. It was that that point I knew that they were Democrats. Yes. <laughs> turning into the Nick Searcy show. <laughs> that's, his whole, that's his whole Twitter feed. <laughs> Somebody brings up he plays a villain in some movie. Yeah, I'm good at playing Democrats. It's every freaking Nick Searcy tweet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, the other thing I wanted to bring up, going back to the Harry Knowles podcast, um, there's two things I forgot to bring up. One of it is the guy who who uh, you know does the show, who I said was a libtard uh, last week. He calls every girl who ha who like I guess like you know Harry Knowles came on to or cop the feel on he calls them survivors they're all survivors <laughs> and the only way i would say you could call yourself a survivor is if our harry knows fell on you then you can yeah. say you're a survivor it has to be the threat of death yeah <laughs> just, because, just because he asked you for a kiss doesn't make you a survivor i mean he know? smells bad i've heard he smells really bad so there could be some yeah. toxic <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know, man. The standard for this might be a little different with Harry. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I just, I just hearing like people be like, "Yeah, I went to the to uh, one of those buttonumathons, and he tried to get me to have a threesome with his 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 wife," and I'm just like, you know, yeah, that's disgusting, oh. but oh. that doesn't make you a survivor. That just makes yeah. you been come on by a really creepy ugly dude you know yeah. if he looked like george clooney you probably would have fucking done it you know mm, if, yeah. if, you know but it, it, that, know that the, was know the rules that cartoon mm -hmm. with hello hr department <laughs> isn't uh harry knoll's classes a threesome on his own yeah pretty yeah. much mm. probably a foursome oh. <laughs> his thighs and his stomach <laughs> Uh, supposedly his legs don't work at all so i don't know i don't know if that's by choice if he's like some of these slobs in the grocery store to get on those scooters and then like like one night in the grocery store like they were blocking an aisle because two were talking to each other oh really yeah yeah that's probably why we have okay. mass shootings and the, okay <laughs> Okay, and the last thing I wanted to bring up uh, from that podcast was he was talking with the guy who runs JoeBlow.com, who, who is Armenian. 
Mm-hmm. And or he was Shara saying, Bendian or whatever. Yeah. And he was saying like, oh, one of the reasons I started my uh, my website was because all you heard were like, you know, old white men's, you know, reviews of, you know, movies and stuff like that. And I was like, OK, confirmed. I'm a POC. Guys, you got yeah. a POC now you you because Armenian is not considered white just from that That's podcast. Right. I got to figure and it out. I, I guarantee you that did not enter his head. He's saying that now because mm-hmm. it's fashionable to say that now. At the time, he was just some internet movie nerd who started his own movie gossip page. You know. Yeah, but it's it's but now now it's now, fashionable to yeah yeah now you can call like the fucking um you know projection booth contest uh podcast a fucking clan rally because they're nothing but a bunch of white you know devils on there so you know you've got a POC it's in every now. podcast we're all it's all yeah. a bunch of honkies yeah yep. but now you got a poc me mm. that's true so <laughs> hang on a second so bren actually is the one walk around saying my my one black friend is that right yeah he's talking about you well he's saying he's caught my, like sand n-word he calls oh, okay. me yeah, okay. that's what he calls me. <laughs> Jawa. Oh. Yeah. Okay. See, I can yeah, say it's the actual C word. word. <laughs> yeah, Dune C word, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and the last thing I wanted to bring up is next next, next uh, week, we're going to hmm. be ranking the Hermans. Ranking yeah. the Hermans, am I correct? I um, so. yeah. There's one that has slipped by, a recent Herman Munster from the last year and i think we need so you guys have to do your homework and you have to watch about 30 seconds from licorice pizza because john c Riley plays fred gwynn playing herman munster in licorice no. pizza. are you yeah, kidding yep oh you wow. just made me want to watch it now <laughs> i i've always i've actually wanted to see it for a while but it, it never got a blu-ray release here for I, some reason I think it's, it's on Prime, stream, Amazon streaming. Prime. Yeah, it's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I was kind of done with PTA after Inherent Vice. Uh, I didn't see Phantom Thread, but Licorice Pizza was getting some positive buzz, but so was Inherent Vice, and I walked out of that. I know? think it's his. I think it's his second best movie. Okay. okay. After what? What do you think is his best? Punch Drunk Love. Everything else garbage. I rewatched Boogie Nights about two months or so back, and man, that film really has not aged well. It hasn't. You know, I watched yeah. some of it recently, and uh, I was going, boy, this doesn't hit like it used to, no. you know? No. Um, there's something about it that feel it feels off. It feels artificial. Um, but, you know, I watched that movie, The Vast of Night, yesterday, and uh, I don't know if any of y'all have seen that. but never heard it's, of it. It's it's an Amazon movie. It a lot of people were telling me, "Oh, you got to see this movie. You got to see this movie." And uh, when I posted, I was watching it. I got a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's great," or "Oh, you know, it's got a great vibe and stuff." But I noticed that uh, the film, it's a first film, the the director's first movie, I guess, and it uh, he does the same thing PTA does in his early films, where he's just kind of aping Robert Altman. You get the long tracking shots, the overlapping dialogue. It's very like my friend, one of my friends posted on my review. He goes, it has that big first movie energy, you know? but mm. it's like, I'm going to do all this stuff that Robert Altman did, but it's going to, cause it's going to get me attention. You know, and it's the same. I said, it's the type of 
filmmaking that makes Burt Reynolds roll his eyes on the set. And he, and he punches you on the yes. press, uh, press tour. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it had that same type of thing where I was like, it just feels really derivative, but the movie thinks it's really clever, you know? Um, How many of those filmmakers today, the new up and coming ones are trying hard to sort of recapture that early to mid nineties you know, new generation of independent filmmakers that were coming through? It's scary. Uh, Any I, of them are? I can't even think of like a, a new filmmaker that's made anything good. Mm. Actually, mm. you know, mm. I'm like yeah. thinking of like all these movies. Like, oh, this is a new director. Oh, and then you watch. I, I I can't even remember the last time I was like, oh, that guy has talent or you know something. It just seems all kind of homogenized bullshit recently. I watched yeah. one called Purple Hearts on amazon i was forced into watching it trust me because i was it was nowhere to go i was sitting with a wife and boy it is the biggest piece of shit i've seen it, it is so woke it, it's beyond sickening it really is i'll tell you i go i go see you know i still go see movies in theaters and the trailers sometimes are like woke fest like it's like you okay an emma till movie coming out you got one about black African women who are like an army movie. Then you have um, gay Apatow comedy coming out. And it's like everything is just looks shittier and shittier and shittier than the last movie. And it's all woke garbage. And it's like, why do I? It's like it's like they're daring me to, like, give up watching movies. It's what, well, what they're trying you, to do. Do you remember when and I remember when Judd Apatow's movies were like, the target of kind of leftist film critics because they were like mm -hmm. oh he's his movies are toxically masculine you know there's too much uh you know it's all about guy like the women are all unfun shrews in his movies and they were truthful <laughs> <laughs> but i just i just remember you know him being like you know the, the his movies were like the problem and then he just went Oh, all these people that hate me, I'm going to start making movies for them now, you know. Not mm. that his stuff was good. No, it but never was. um yeah, like you know, this is 40 is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But um Really? But oh yeah. Um but uh you know, he just he, I I've never understood like getting relentlessly attacked in the press and going, "Oh, let me please you." <laughs> I want to do He's a jellyfish. No spine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah. uh but yeah like because and it was like after bridesmaids that was the one that was like the big correction you know it's like i made a woman where women are funny Don't hate <laughs> they me. Just, well they just act like they all act like john belushi mm -hmm. in animal house you know yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah movies movies are garbage now i'm waiting for that turn to make when you start having like you know uh someone come out and be like i'm just going against everything and i'm making fuck something fucking funny and i'm just waiting for that and it's not happening yet maybe in another year or two or three or four or five who knows someone needs to give you money garo to make another one. Oh, please if someone were to give me money i actually have an idea for a brilliant comedy brilliant i have it all mapped out in my head and i already know the cast i want i want sam hyde to start <laughs> <laughs> Did any and of you see the him bot that him yeah. boxing that dude and the Candyman? Just... Oh. Hassan Piker! 
<laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> like, I'm going to kill you in the ring. <laughs> no, in real life. Oh, <laughs> Oh, all right. That guy, um, he just he just knows how to make the memes. You know, he just yeah. knows how to do the meme. Well, this is a big year for him. He had the uh, the iDubs documentary and his own version oh, of the yes. iDubs documentary, which were both of them watching together were great. Um, then you had the whole boxing thing. Um, him, he also um, uh, trained uh, the guy from Epic Meal Time for his fight. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a big. This is like his biggest year since uh, uh, Million Dollar Extreme probably showed you know yeah um and what was it i saw i saw andy warski got like knocked out almost immediately yeah in like two seconds yeah like yeah, two seconds like, we got fun he was him. talking so much smack and then just boom you know yep i mean the guy just came at him with like boom boom, boom and he was just yeah <laughs> oh man yeah. i was like man right talk about writing your mouth's writing checks your body can't cash you know <laughs> But I, I, I had a good feeling that Sam was going to win his fight, and he did. He like he because he he was just take, like he, he was just taking punches, taking punches, and letting the guy the guy win himself out, and then he just came in with some, you know, decent punches to the face, and it was over for the guy. The it was just round. like Rocky Three. It was just like yeah, Balboa and Clover Lang. <laughs> the whereas the fight with Warski, it was like when Johnny Knoxville boxed Butterbean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surely he like, didn't win. Surely no, Knoxville didn't show, Knoxville no. got knocked down and his head busted open like yeah. a watermelon. He, he, and he, but what's so yeah, funny the is, best line right afterwards. The, the best, best line, line is he goes, "Yep, is is Butterbean okay?" Yep. <laughs> that is one big motherfucker, like, mate. Butterbean, he's a beast. I was like, you know. The, the, the dude is good when he gets the crap knocked out of him and he still has the presence of mind. He's used to getting concussed because he has the presence of mind to crack a joke while he's <laughs> bleeding all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into the Munster's Revenge. Well, this be another tangent episode. Yes. So we've got... Not that. And not your pinball plane mate either. Where's this tab here? All right. Monster's Revenge from 1981. Uh, directed by Don Weiss. Starring Fred Gwynn, Yvonne DiCarlo, Al Lewis. Oh, sorry. For, for those who don't know, Fred Gwynn is Herman. Yvonne DiCarlo is Lily. Um, Al Lewis is Grandpa. Casey Martell is Eddie Munster. Uh, Joe McDonald is Marilyn Munster, who has a lot of screen time in this one. But we'll get to that do, shortly. Does anybody know what movie we've covered on the show she was in? Was it the Chuck Norris one? Yeah, The, the Octagon. Octagon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And Casey Martell was in the Amityville Horror as one of the kids. He was in um, E.T. also. Hmm. Um... Bob Hastings is the Phantom, cousin Phantom of the Opera. Uh, Peter Fox is Glenn Ball. I know his name. Peter Fox. You forgot you haven't mentioned the worst part of the movie. <laughs> I haven't finished yet. Okay. Yeah. Herb uh, Voland is Police Chief Harry Boyle. Sid Caesar is Dustin. There Diablo. we go. Yep. Sid... Okay. 
okay i'm glad we're in agreement on that this is yep. seriously this episode before we started recording i i had it in my head it's gonna be i'm gonna go on a rant about said caesar uh it's oh, he's terrible really? in this movie he's awful oh, he's awful terrible Dreadful. like yeah. i was sitting there watching it going was he ever funny i'm trying you know i know he's in all the mel brooks stuff and the i've seen the sid caesar show show of shows and he's funny in that in the 1950s mm-hmm. on tv he was very funny but after that he has never made me laugh in anything i don't think was... he made me laugh once in this his whole life no. he's horrible his italian oh, I... accent is the worst and it kept going in and out in and out like when he did these yiddish thing it was perfect you know because you know and uh but his italian horrible horrible worse than anything in house of gucci and it was terrible in house of gucci <laughs> house of gucci man you know that was a that was an ethnic well it, it reminded me of what yeah. howard stern used to say about robin williams back when howard stern was mean and funny is mm. he said robin williams doesn't tell jokes he just does shtick and that's mm. said caesar in this movie he just does shtick he's not doing yeah. jokes there's no humor he's just doing his shtick that get that gets them by and they they really should have edited most of that stuff out yeah, yeah the whole movie long, there he does these long bits where he's talking about his ancestors and the egyptians and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like that and it is just bereft of joy anything i was just sitting there watching it going like can i fast forward you know, do I need to hear any of this? For the dignity of the show, you can't fast forward, Hunter. Can't yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you never know what might happen, you know. Like, so. that's never happened, you liars. <laughs> I mean, every time he came on screen, it dragged the movie to a halt. Yeah. It just, it oh, just I, made it go. Because I actually, I really liked this movie. There were two things I didn't like in it. I didn't like Six Caesar, and I didn't like The Phantom of the Opera. Those two, you cut them out, it, it's 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 actually really, really, really good. But those two, oh my god, every time they came on screen, it was just poison. Poison. I mean, they really they feel, Taylor play Phantom of the Opera with the way they feel doing. like oh. they sh- they feel like they should be in Rob Zombie's version of the monsters, not this monsters. That's how bad they are. Yeah, I will the say this. was just the Phantom was so broad, it just it didn't fit yeah. like you know, no, nothing, nothing in that show is that big, you know, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't, just doesn't work. Doesn't I will, I will say, uh, Sid Lee, Sid is fine for me in this film because I have seen it literally over a hundred times. Um, that was not a joke. I have seen it over a hundred times. It's called Stockholm Sid- Syndrome, Stu. It's called Enjoyment <laughs> Factor, John. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yeah, here's your Stockholm Syndrome here. Um. Sid Caesar's fine. Phantom of the Opera. Love him. I, I could not have this film without him. <laughs> Has to be in I there. Could a hundred percent had it without him. In fact, I even figured out because the one plot point he's kind of needed for is when he uh uses his voice to, to shatter the bell jar. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, just have it have like a kind of mirror reflection in it, and then Herman could just look into it and be like, hmm, I'm looking handsome today, and just cracks open. And that's how you get the Phantom out of the movie. So we're looking at the um the the Garrow fan edit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was I was rewriting the movie and making it better while I was watching it. Oh, okay, no worries. Then. But um, I get rid of Sid Caesar, 
replace him with like you know freaking Gary Busey, and uh, then go with that. Uh, get rid of him off, and you got a really good monster movie. All right, you guys didn't like Sid Caesar. Who would you have re- replaced him with? Back in eighty one, who? <laughs> Woody Allen. No. Oh, you better be kidding. <laughs> Uh, um, oh, I hate Sid Caesar. Who'd you replace him with? Uh, crickets. Probably Norman Fell. Because he was like a good, like, evil person on Three's Company. We got Vincent Price at that time. Oh, yeah. Yes, Vincent, Vincent Price, Price a good call. would be lovely. Yeah. Mm. I'm, mm. I'm trying to think of uh, who I would have, an actor who probably would have done it then. Uh, what's his name? Paul Williams, I think. Oh, no. Yeah, he was doing a lot of TV at that time. He would have been probably the ideal guest they could have gotten. But Vincent Price would have been great to see him in a Munsters. Um, you know, I, w- I would have gone with a, a horror actor at the time. Even Chris John Carradine would have, would have done. John, yeah, John Carradine. John, they, John they would Carradine comedy, would do anything. For, John John Carradine well, would do anything. For well, he was show. in the first one in yeah. Monster Go Home. So. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Well, I'm going to take a general consensus. Donald this film... Pleasance would have been great. Oh, no, no. I love me some Donald Pleasance, but no. It's just, he's too ham-fisted for this. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, his greatest performance ever will be that Columbo, any old port in the storm. Yeah, he's great in that. That's his best one. You know, Better than oh, Halloween yeah. and any other sequels afterwards. Better than The Great Escape. That Have you seen the thriller Raw Meat, Stu? No. Um, or I think it's called Death Train or something. I forget. But uh, it was filmed in England. But Donald Pleasance is really good in that. Okay. Like, he's excellent. In fact, Christopher Lee does a cameo in the film just so he could work with Donald Pleasance. I think he <gasps> Christopher Lee. Free. Christopher Lee would have been great in it. Yeah. He would have done it, too. I heard, I heard Christopher Lee. Every I've heard a bunch of people who've been asked what was it like working with christopher lee and all of them have said well he does all he does is talk about himself (laughs) as he should (laughs) like all he does is talk about oh this movie i did he just just goes on and on and on and when he did his metal (laughs) album he silenced all his critics after that that's right (laughs) it's better than sounds like the ramones yeah (laughs) this is pat boone's metal album Oh, right. Uh, and uh, the guy who went on to play guitar for Judas Priest, Richie Faulkner, was the dude who wrote and arranged all the guitar stuff. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, before Pre was in Priest. Who did Zach Wild? Oh, Zach Wild was the Shatner album, wasn't it? Yeah, he did the Shatner record. <laughs> <laughs> He's a six strings for high, that guy. Yeah. As we know. But, um,. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, general consensus: this film is not that well liked amongst the uh, the people here. I actually liked it. I had just had I didn't like those two aspects of the movie, mm-hmm. but I liked I liked uh, her. I liked Herman and and um, Grandpa. Uh, I actually liked the new Marilyn. I thought she was mm. better than the one in Monsters Go Home, and they had her in like a fur bikini for a little bit. So oh that yeah, was great too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say that they they gave you some. They gave some stuff for the dads in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some dad shots. Um, I thought I laughed a bunch, you know, in the movie. I actually I liked it better than Monsters Go Home. I'm gonna say that. Mm. I I I thought it was I thought it was a better 
monsters movie. I like that it, the plot was pretty much just a Scooby Doo plot. Um, you know, yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, I I just I just felt like the villain was horrible and the Phantom of the Opera guy was annoying. Um, you take those two things out of it, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, I thought the scene where 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 Grandpa and uh, and Herman dressed up as like uh, uh, waitresses, the waitresses was, yeah. was hysterical. So mm-hmm. it, it, I thought that was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the scene where the beginning opening scene where they're at the wax museum and uh, they're like, oh, let's take a, a wax, a, a picture with our wax things. And all the Japanese guys show up. And Herman goes to him, will you take our picture? And they all run away screaming. And he's like, he's like, they're from a country that's never seen a camera before. Yeah. <laughs> there was one uh, little tidbit that obviously I picked up, God knows when, but I don't know if you guys saw it, that every time you saw the outside of the house, the monster house. Yeah, it was, it was the, the monsters, monsters Go Home uh, footage. Yeah, it was the Monster yeah. Go Home car, the Dragula was... Yeah. Um, England or bust on it. Yeah, I thought it was a nice little nod to the old one. Yeah, but this film was done um, in eighty one, filmed in nineteen eighty, I believe, late eighty, I believe. Um, and Herman and Munster, Fred Gwynn asked for a truck ton of money, thinking he was not going to get it, and he was going to nix the idea. And they said, "Yep, the money's all yours." Wow. Yeah. He so basically as they do some actors they price themselves out of possibility but for a role they don't want to do and they called his bluff and gave him the money. So and he's probably like, oh, I guess we have our new house, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Paid off the mortgage right there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but um you and I like life. it that he I like it that he didn't want to do it, but he wasn't phoning it in at all. You know, he was still no. the no. same Herman Monster. No, yeah, he, no, he he did a great job. I mean, I was sitting there yeah. going, man, you know, it didn't it doesn't feel like he's been gone from this role at all because he nope. knows all the little the way to how to work the makeup, you know, to get all the jokes and the facial expressions. You know, it's it's not like he'd it's it just felt like he was yeah, another episode of the show, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like Harrison Ford in an Indiana Jones sequel where he looks like he doesn't want to be there. Ooh. Oh, Harrison Ford in any movie. Harrison Ford is he like, doesn't want to be there. Movie. No, <laughs> like, like he doesn't, doesn't care. But um, one thing I will bring up that the film is available on this Monster Go Home, the American Blu-ray from Shout Factory as a special feature in HD, and the HD isn't. It looks fantastic. It looks the best it's ever looked, but it's not kind to three older actors in here. They and no. Lily is Lily's heavier. Okay, she still looks the same. Yvonne Carla still looks the same. She's older. She's fifty eight when she made this. Uh, she's slightly heavier. Very As buxom. Gene Simmons would say, she's still fuckable. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he did her about another six or seven years after this, around the time of uh-huh. American, yeah, Gothic. Yeah, or thereabouts. But uh, yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, the I was gonna say the, you know, the Casey Martell's makeup doesn't quite go down no. far enough. You know, uh, the actors, you know, they they've aged. You know, and mm-hmm. it, you can tell. You know. Mm-hmm. 
um, especially, but I think, I think it was the least kind to Yvonne DiCarlo, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Al, and there Al we are. And Brad still, they, they, they've always looked old, so. Oh yeah. But, uh, there are on a, on this Blu-ray there, um, amongst the special features, there's behind the scenes pics of Munster's Revenge and the publicity stills and some posters and TV adverts when the film was airing in 81. But there are three pics of Fred Gwynn, Al Lewis and Von DiCarlo out of costume and makeup at that time. And yeah, they've, uh, they've really aged, especially Von DiCarlo. But hey, um, she looks fine. The only problem is with this film, she's not in it a great deal, I've realized. She's there. No. But she sort of swans in and out. Yeah, and like I guess because they had the new Eddie, and they're like, we we really don't want to deal with this new Eddie. Let's put him in like the movie for like five minutes and not have to deal with him. That's what mm. it felt like, you mm. know, because it's like when he shows up, you're like, yeah, this ain't Eddie. <laughs> you know, he's like a terrible Eddie. And mm. It's good that they kept him out of the movie for as for you know as much as they did, you know. And I guess that that the the consequence of that is that you know, Yvonne DiCarlo had to be attached to him, so. Mm. You know, she's probably in the movie for like 20 minutes, I think, probably. Mm. Yeah, it's, this yeah. is this is really Herman and Grandpa's movie. Yeah, and and uh, and Marilyn. And Marilyn, yes. Yeah, yes. there's a lot of Marilyn. That was for the yeah, dads, as I said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's interesting that they chose to kind of sideline Yvonne DiCarlo in favor of a new Marilyn. You know, uh, mm. maybe it's because they felt she was looking kind of old. So, but... Uh, but I think it's interesting that they gave a lot of screen time to someone who was not in the show. You know? yeah. So Hunter, she what would Hunter, Hunter what would Gene Simmons say? Said it, you know about about uh, who um, about Joe McDonald or Yvonne DiCarlo? What would Gene Simmons say if he had a choice between Yvonne DiCarlo and Joe McDonald? What would Gene say? Oh, um, I would. Uh, I think Gene would. I don't think he'd turn either one down, you know. Mm. Oh, that's true. Gene I didn't a, think of that. Gene is a, a generous, a generous <laughs> man. You know, um, he's made. A, I've I've made a lot of money over the years. Uh, money done quite well, uh, and I I, th- I would actually feel more generous towards them if they would purchase a Kiss Vault experience. <laughs> I'd, be happy to, I'd be happy to bring uh, Vinnie Vincent and Bruce Kulick along with me. Yeah, people who had nothing to do with it, but let's get them to do it. But um, uh, surprising, this film was not released in October of '81. It was left for February for some reason. Rating sweep. It was sweeps month. It was the, yeah. it was the big ratings month. February and May, I think, in November, are all the big sweeps months where the Nielsen's do their their testing. Can you just explain rating. that for the uh, people outside of the U.S. what it? what those are exactly what it is is the nielsen organization would monitor the ratings and do the rankings and that's how you sell your advertising money for the big three networks because that's what they depended on and this is the time when cable tv wasn't as all over the country as it became like five years later and um it was still the big three networks that means a failed show could be canceled having 18 million viewers so that's how important ratings were and oh. February was sweeps month. And according to Wikipedia, CBS was so worried about NBC airing the Monsters Revenge that they ran the Wizard of Oz that evening as competition to blow it out of the water, which it did because 
in America that the annual airings of the Wizard of Oz were always a high rated event to see that that movie because like the ratings were crazy for it every year. They did it every single year. I think I've raised this before in the past, but I'm going to do it anyway again. Every year here on Channel 9, which is one of the free airs, they will hold on New Year's Eve the uh, fireworks display ones and they'll show concurrent ones in here in Melbourne and over in Sydney as well. And that'll wind up by 10 past 12, so after midnight, into New Year's Day every year without fail straight after that. You know what film they play? Can't stop the music. Monsters. Can't, Can't stop, stop the music. music. Every year. You can you can <laughs> bet the house on it. They do it every year. So, uh, mm. yeah. Pretty cool. Someone's got some taste. Channel 9 News still sucks ass, but I mean, uh, that's one cool piece. It's got their bright point. Yeah, that's because they get me to program it. That's why. Yeah, because if it wasn't, you would be Crocodile Dundee every year. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) That abomination of Australian culture, that shithole of a movie. But, John, you said you had a rant. Let's hear it. No, it's about Sid Caesar. I've pretty much gotten it out, but Garrow kind of stole my thunder because he had the same feelings, and so did Hunter. And Mm -hmm. I don't. There's no reason to really rant, but Sid Caesar, I think, was given the role almost as like a, what would you call it, like a respect thing, not necessarily because they thought he was going to be good, but mm-hmm. because he was so well-regarded in the TV industry. He was in a lot of NBC stuff at the time, and I remember when I Netflix, back when you could rent through the DVDs through the mail, I watched uh, Pink Lady and Jeff, which I did not see back in 79, and Sid Caesar was the guest on a lot of episodes playing their the, girl, the father of Pink Lady doing his, you know, slanty-eyed Japanese stereotype stuff, which you could not do today at all. And I thought he was so terribly unfunny. And I remember watching, like, your show of shows. There was a movie compilation that was released in theaters in 71 called 10 from Your Show of Shows. It was very funny. It used to play on HBO a lot in 1981. But Sid Caesar would be on all the NBC shows, late 70s, early 80s, the variety hours and such, because they still had a lot of those. You can go back and watch the variety show episode we did a, a couple of months back uh me and Stu did um but sid was like he was just given these roles and this obviously should have gone to somebody else and i think it was given to him because for some reason they equated sid caesar with ratings and respect and i don't know why and they just let him get away with this the yid shtick and doing the italian accent he did that on pink lady and jeff by the way it's not funny it never was funny mm-hmm. i don't know there's something about the respect given to these cat skills you know <laughs> hacks that uh i maybe it's because he was mr live sketch comedy in the 50s but or kind of like these... the way they treat jackie gleason jackie gleason could come on a show not be funny but nobody would say anything you know it was that sort of thing you'd see that back then well or jerry it's because of, it, of all the mob money going into this stuff yeah yeah there's it's definitely a mob <laughs> thing now the funny yeah. thing about sid caesar remember the scene in blazing saddles where uh a horse gets punched out Mm-hmm. yes okay mel brooks based that on an incident that happened with sid caesar uh he and his wife were riding horses and the horse threw um sid's wife off you know bucked her off and sid got off the his horse and punched out the horse and the horse went down so apparently he was like a legit scary tough guy mm-hmm. and if you watch the movie my favorite year uh yeah. joseph bologna is playing basically a sid caesar stand-in and he's portrayed mm-hmm. as a hot-tempered fast-punching, tough guy who's also the top comedian on TV. 
Yeah, and I've heard from people who I think I heard Carl Reiner talk about Sid Caesar, and he said that he was a guy who would not let you get close to him. Like, like yeah. you know, very, you know, that he he kind of talked about him like none of us really kind of knew Sid that well. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a strange guy. Like he put out a workout tape in the early '80s, and I remember seeing him on Regis Philbin's uh, Lifetime talk show uh, back when Lifetime was a talk show network. And Sid Caesar was there in a tank top workout suit and he was doing exercise demos and stuff. Mm. And he was like pumping iron and probably boxing in a gym or something. So he was, it's kind of a strange, it's weird when you have a comedian that's also a tough guy. Cause it's like, then nobody can tell him he's not funny. Cause then he'll right cross you to the jaw. Yeah, it's called Joe Piscopo syndrome. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Joe Piscopo could be the modern day Sid Caesar. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, no, a lot of comedians, they'll kind of front the tough guy thing, like, uh, I don't know, uh, George Carlin or something, you know? Yeah, and they're not. And uh, the one who was but didn't do the tough guy thing too often was Jerry Lewis. Because if you watch, there's a Letterman appearance from like the early 80s uh, before he had his strange weight problem. But he comes he comes off like a tall Jewish gangster. He's actually kind of scary. He's got like mm -hmm. the gold bracelet and the... And he's just, he's really tall. Like, I didn't realize that when yeah. he was doing the Dean Martin movies, he would hunk, like, hunker down to look yeah. shorter. So Dino would look taller because he wanted to be the funny guy. So he's actually crouching down a little bit. Yeah. In every I heard scene. That as well. and, but he's actually like a big, scary gangster guy. Well, and, and I've seen a lot of footage of Jerry in public settings, and he does kind of seem like he kind of mogs everybody with this <laughs> because he's just such a dominating presence um yeah <laughs> but i, I feel he like those played guys don corleone good. i think he could have <laughs> jerry yeah. lewis is the godfather <laughs> well he was great in uh in king of comedy you know playing that talk show host yeah you know he played that's a pretty He's straight role himself, he wasn't basically. yeah he wasn't doing the like oh lady you know yeah. like he wasn't he was yeah. just he plays a jewish mobster in an arc of wise guy um that that he's like really good i think he may have even gotten an emmy notice or like a nomination yeah. like uh for yeah. that that series of episodes he did but I, I think a lot of those comedians from back then were mobbed up you know because that the, the they all were com comedian that's a that's a mob term you know like um you know they like a lot of them come from really sketchy backgrounds like you know rodney dangerfield was like one of those 10 man salesmen you know who were all yeah. scam artists right <laughs> and he, i think he left that profession because he was gonna he was gonna get arrested or something. Hey, i was like, going to jail hey hey i sold some somebody some bad sighting what are you gonna do <laughs> um a lady cut herself and she got tetanus <laughs> <laughs> well this film basically has a mob uh element to it with the laundering of the money through the pizza store yeah mm -hmm. yeah the cafe which they said was a pizza store like that's the like how many pizza stores do you know offer cake and coffee and stuff like that mm. literally just took a cafe yeah. like, like they shot the exterior of a pizza place and yeah. then the interior was like just a, a cafe and they tried to say it was a pizza place mm. That's the Italian part of me coming out because I, I, I can tell, you know, what pizza places look like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was it on uh, Choc to Land? What was that? It was on Choc to Land. Choc to Land, yes. Yeah, it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I'm Armenian, Choc to Indian, <laughs> Italian. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Um, 
So who had seen this for a first time this time around? I hey. saw this. Hmm. I saw it when I was a kid a few times, but I didn't really remember much about it. Um, so it's not a first time watch, but it might as well be for me. Mm-hmm. John? I think I saw it in 81 because some parts look familiar, but I just didn't have much of a memory about it. Mm. I think I first saw this in, I want to say, 83. At the drive-in on a double feature with the Gong Show movie. <laughs> you were there? Oh, shit. <laughs> Why did you come and say hello? No, no, it was on TV. It was uh, we just You're bought a... pizza with a tooth in it. <laughs> now that was Lightning Jack. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck that guy. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> Nothing like, uh, you know, a, a Hawaiian pizza with a gold tooth in there. Yes. Oh. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think I first saw this in 83. We had just bought a VHS player after a lot of heck, um, badgering our parents, my brother and I. And this aired and we recorded it. And then there's the tape that we played every single day after school. Come home, go to the shop, get a get a pasty or a pie from the from the milk bar and watch the Monster's Revenge. It went either that and Wizard of Oz. It alternated we would go through a period of just watching Monster's Revenge every day, then watching the Wizard of Oz every day after school. And that big old clunky pop-up VHS player. So um, where that tape is now, I think it's gone. I mean, it's, we were talking 40 years ago nearly. But um, yeah, they're the fond memories i got of this film. And of course, it came out on DVD later. Um, came out on VHS, which I bought. The Good Times one, Good Times tape. And then I bought the VH, uh, the DVD sorry, from... America, I think Good Times put that out as well. Uh, which I don't know if that company's still going. I don't think so. And had that for the longest time until this rolled up. And then um, gave that, because I had months to go home, and months of revenge, both from Good Times on DVD, and gave them to my brother. So, um, yeah. Seen this a lot. Um, Anyone else got any more thoughts on some of the other casts in here? Uh, I, there was the one guy there was one of the guys that was like the henchman of Sid Caesar who had the perfect 80s porn mustache oh yeah like anytime yeah. he was on screen I'm like that dude should be in like Boogie Nights or something it shouldn't mm. be in this movie yeah <laughs> you know yeah the one that was constantly and can, I ask, and can I ask you a question there was one scene one scene in the movie, I don't know if any, I, I didn't go back and listen to it again, where, where Sid Caesar is attacking someone and talking Italian gibberish. Mm. And uh, I, I think I heard him say, my cousin Vinny, during it. Did anyone else notice that? No. I missed it. No? no. I, I was, I, my eyes glazed over during those scenes where Sid's yeah. talking a lot. I think I was mentally becoming deaf. I kind of, <laughs> so, I, get, I enter a dissociative state. Yeah. When when he's talking, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, start it to was... astrally project. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty bad. Sid mm -hmm. Caesar. All right. He's dead, isn't he? Right now. Yeah, he's, yeah, dead. he's dead. Okay, yeah, good. I just don't want to see him pop. <laughs> I don't want to see him popping up in anything else. Yeah, outside your window. 
Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ghost of said Caesar. You know, I said hey, Caesar's listen. ghost. Listen, uh, Carol Burnett showed up in this season, this last season of Better Call Saul. So I just don't want to be watching another show, and all of a sudden, fucking Sid Caesar's there, and I'm like, because right. <laughs> he's doing Yiddish to Saul, and Saul can't. Listen yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like oh, I, what, what does he say in in uh in uh, Breaking Bad? He's like, oh, I just do the the Jew thing to for the homeboys. For the homeboys, yeah. Well, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who played Igor in this, Howard Morris, anybody mm. know about this guy? I just looked him up and noticed he did uh, quite a bit of uh, voice work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. I, I looked into him because I was going, who, who is this? I thought it was that guy from... John, who's that guy from Laughing? Is it Artie Shaw? Yeah, Artie Shaw. It was I thought it was him. Yeah. No. Yeah, they couldn't get Artie Shaw that year. Mm. Because he had done Love at First Bite, so he's probably in demand. That's right, he did too, yeah. So, yeah. Um, But this guy's done... Um, what's he did? Well, uh, he also uh, pl- did... Plastic... Uh, some... Okay, so hang on, sorry, Hunter. Plastic Man, which of course I own. Uh, what else was it? What was the other one here I saw? It. Adamant. He was the voice of Adamant. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, um, he also did some stuff with Mel Brooks. He was in High Anxiety. Okay. Ah, Groovy Ghoulies. He did the voice in that, and he was Jughead in um, Groovy Ghoulies. Archie. Sounds like the Ramones, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a true story. Because we, we, I was hanging out with John and Fave. Oh, I almost said his name. <laughs> I, I was hanging out with. I was hanging out with John and Laser Craze guy. Remember, we walked over to uh, Tiki the Bears, I think it was. And yeah, Tiki the, the Bears. Groovy Ghoulies were playing there. And we're out. We didn't go inside. We um, <laughs> we just uh, hung out at, outside the club. And you could, like, hear the whole set. And and uh, Laser Craze guy did say, John, they sound like the Ramones. <laughs> From the Groovy Between Ghoulies. cigarette. Pops on his cigarette. Santo Ramones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Had to bring it up for effect while Garo was telling the story. And right. well, you brought up the Groovy Ghoulies. <laughs> but the, the, I was talking about the cartoon, the Groovy Ghoulies, not the band. But there's a band. Yeah, but I know that. But I'm, and know, I have. A, this I have Howard a, guy I have might a... have been a mobbed up uh, cartoon voiceover, dude. Oh, who knows? Works in Mel Brooks movies, works with Sid Caesar, and then he's also doing all these cartoon voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, what do we think of Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis in this? Fine? Terrific. As good yeah. as you could expect. Yeah. yeah. And they were, that the chemistry was still there. Yeah, I don't think they ever lost it, those two. Yeah, no. I was, I, one thing I was worried about was, you know, that Fred Gwynn didn't want to do it, so I thought, you know, maybe he just phone it in, but he doesn't. He gives it his 110% like he always does. Yeah, Yeah. plus his accountant would have told him each day, you've just earned this much this today, Fred. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I'll get back into makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a bit of a fun fact, this was not the last time that 
Yvonne DiCarlo, Al Lewis would be appear together in a Munsters film. They did one more, but not as Lily and not as Grandpa. In the film Here Come the Munsters, they made a cameo um, sitting at a That's restaurant the one where table. where Edward Herman plays Herman Munster. Yes. Yeah. And they're seated at a table with Butch Patrick and Pat Priest, but not mm-hmm. as... Just just as uh, customers, that's all. So uh, for those who want to watch Here Come the Monsters, and it's a, it's a fun movie. I enjoy it. I guess uh, I guess the uh, people making Here Come the Monsters didn't meet uh, Fred Gwynn's salary demands on that one. Well, no, they, they didn't. They went. They tapped on his coffin and said, "Can you do it?" He was dead by that well, time. Oh, he was dead by then. I thought yeah, that two, was, he uh, died two years oh, okay. earlier. Yeah. Oh, two yeah, years. He died not long after my cousin Vinny gave him sort of a comeback. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it was like a year later or something, wasn't it? Ninety three, yeah, he, he passed of, away. Yeah, he he died yeah. of pancreatic cancer, if I recall. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was something brutal like that, where it was like, oh, there, there you go. Yeah, that's all she wrote. But boy, Al Lewis, he lived on till what? But he lived on a long time. Yeah, he was. Wouldn't he die like two thousand like ten or something? Yeah. It was something crazy. It's like those little commies just don't, they don't. Yeah, they, they, they just, going. you know. Uh, he died in 2006. 2006. And what was he about? 85 or something? 82. 82? Okay. Yeah. Boy, he looked a lot old. Man, that guy looked old. Even he back in the fifties, you know, my car fifty four, he looked old. Yeah, he always, he always looked. Uh, he's one of those guys. Like th- this movie was kind to him because he's always looked like an old man, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like time was finally catching up with Al Lewis's looks because. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's like the Alice Cooper of the cast, you know. <laughs> Just yeah, pretty much. I I was reading up on Yvonne De Carlo today, and I really want to try and get a hold of her book. I, I think I'm going to struggle because it's it's been out quite a few years, but um, she sounds like a really interesting woman. She does. Don't know. Did she well, ever have any children at all? She well, she, she must be quite Jack Mahoney were supposed to have kids, and uh, she she miscarried the baby, and it ended their their relationship. Okay. So um, I don't I don't think she ever had kids. I think she I don't even think she was married very long when when she did get married. If she did, she dated. Around, I remember she... looking at her life and I was surprised because she was a big like like screen goddess in the forties. She was like a sex pot mm. and um like according to I Marilyn Monroe or any of them and uh she she was hot stuff. But um mm. you know the personal life didn't seem all that great. I'm seeing on IMDb that she had kids. I mean, she did. Okay. 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 Um, yeah, I see two children. All right. She was married to Robert Drew Morgan, 1955 to 1973. Okay. Oh, it's quite a Politi- lot. Okay. Political party, Republican. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, uh, she's, she must be an interesting person if she's willing to have sex with Gene Simmons. <laughs> Well, they both vote the same way, don't they? Probably. Oh, yeah. they do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, you know, I think mm. Paul Stanley's the lib in that friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the over emotional one, as we can tell. <laughs> oh, if you read any of his books, he's hysterical. Everything. Yeah. No, not in the I, funny way. No. <laughs> no. I did this. I, 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 I. And and nobody gave me enough credit, and everybody else is uh, doesn't work as hard as me, and takes credit for all my stuff, and 
Um, everybody, nobody recognized how talented I am and how great I am. Yeah. yeah. And Gene didn't believe in marriage, so I didn't invite him to my wedding. Okay. <laughs> Do you think he cares? Man, what a what a uh, gosh, what a dumb great. shit thing to say about who's someone who's basically your best friend. Yeah. They don't believe in marriage, but doesn't mean you don't invite them to the wedding. I mean, it's your choice. It's your life. Very, very passive aggressive, Paul. Yeah. The horror stories I heard, especially around the years, the era of Dynasty. He, he was just, don't look at him. Don't speak to him. If you're a staff member, just don't, don't. Don't, don't, don't notice his weird ear. <laughs> yeah. What a queen. And he basically had a three strikes and you're out policy with staff and crew. Yeah, you're exactly right, John. What a, what a queen. Yeah. But that was that was always the big rumor. Still is probably. Oh, it's it's pretty much you know, out there. Pun, yeah. pun intended. Out there that he's very, uh, very much a pendulum. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was saying, you know, I said one group he shared a picture of himself and getting like cryo therapy or something like where he sits in it and i went he's entered the phase of life where every photo looks photoshopped where it looks like a paul stanley face is pasted on to whatever i'm seeing <laughs> he, looks he looks like, like now... every instagram model he looks like an yeah. instagram model yeah yeah mm. yeah insta tramp um but with Paul Stanley, he looks like those elderly Jewish women you see who would nag their husbands to their graves and just be like, I don't like it here. I want to go home. That's what he looks like these days. But Well, culturally, that's what he is. Mm. Yes. He's an old Jewish woman. Yes. Um, and Gene may have the Brillo hair and look like, you know, De Golem, but <laughs> he's got a better outlook on life than bloody Paul Stanley. Yeah, yeah. Gene is yeah. sleazy, but he's more interesting to listen to than Paul. Yeah, when they talk, oh, like when they're interviewed time. and such. Yeah, yeah. He's a sleaze bag, but still more interesting than Paul, who's obviously a closet, hypersensitive guy. And mm. then there's Ace, my friend Ace Freely. Mm. <laughs> oh, you know, I signed him to Megaforce Records. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, I. You know, it's like I discovered him. Do you know what Ace's um, uh, provision was to be signed to Megaforce Records? What what uh, made him agree to it? Uh, he needed a case of Jack Daniels or something. No. What? <laughs> he had Eddie Trunk had to have a pastrami sandwich with Ace Freely. <laughs> That's the true story. What? All he had to do, all Eddie Trunk had to do, was either have a pastrami sandwich with Ace Freely, and Ace would sign the Megaforce. Well, I doubt that was a challenge for Eddie. I mean, no, no. It was... <laughs> eating no sandwiches is a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Strange. That was Ace when he was in his, uh, you know, weirdo stage. Yeah, that's back when I signed them. You know, my friend, Ace Freely. You know, Ace is a friend going back many years. I'm going to interview him today on my show. Ace, how's it going? Hey, hey. <laughs> Eddie, how's it going? <laughs> oh, I'm going out on tour. Mm. I sound like Fran Drescher. That's not right. 
That's um, probably how he sounds, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> Actually, Frank, Frank Drescher and Paul Stanley could be twins. And yeah, they yeah. could. Mm. They could. Paul could star in the nanny too. Mm. How about Fran Drescher as a Lily Monster? Would that have worked? No. Nah. Nah. Nah, no. no. Veronica Hamill no. from the clips I've seen of uh that that Monsters movie with Edward Herman. She looks mm. like she assumed the role really well. So I think that's what you have to do is get a pretty like a pretty actress to do the mm. role, I think, who can do comedy. So that, that seems to to work mm-hmm. better. Or just so what you're saying your is the, the Rob wife. Zombie one. The, the, I was going to say you're saying the Rob Zombie one's not going to work. Is what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't say that. How yeah, dare you assume man. that? It, Sherry Moon Zombie's not ugly in the face at all, but no. I don't know about the comic timing. She can't act. I, I mean, it's going to be an issue. I actually, it's gone quite a while since we went to Rob Zombie. Nearly an hour. I was going to say I. When I brought it up, I was going, "Oh, don't bring it up." Yeah, like we've talked. You just muddy the waters, Hunter. Damn yeah. it! Yeah, I know. I... Now, now we're all going to be talking about the Rob Zombie. Movie. I really think if there's going to be another sequel to the Monsters, and I we're preempting way into the future, but let's just say, I don't think honestly. Now it, it made me think of what Garrow said. Um, I think on episode one. I don't think he's going to put any Eddie or Marilyn. I don't think he really knows how to deal with children. How to film them, how to interact with them as a director. I don't think Sherry Moon knows how to interact with children as an actress. I, I really believe there won't be any Eddie. There may be a Marilyn because you're dealing with somebody at least who was a teenager, maybe early 20s. I don't think there's going to be an Eddie at all. I agree. I just, I just, I, I, don't, I may capable. be wrong, but I just can't see it. Or Eddie's I always going to we'll be, be on vacation. Like he's, he's out with a class trip. For this mm. movie, you know, or something like that. Oh, speaking of that, as a tidbit, um, it just reminded me somehow that the musical score for this was done by Vic Mizzy, who did the theme to Adam's Family. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, don't know if that was a calculated move or it was just pure coincidence. I, I don't know, but, um, yeah, do you know that. the? Do you know? Do you know before uh, Rob Zombie had, was going to make a Munsters movie that the Wayans brothers were going to actually make a Munsters movie? That at one point they had the rights to it to do it. Are you serious? Yeah, and right. I could just yeah, and it's. I just think it would be like because no. I, I. It's not. I don't think it was Keenan Ivory Wayans and Damon Wayans. I think it was the 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 oh, other Marlon Wayans and yeah. Sean. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think Keenan and Damon could probably do it real well. Uh, but I think, like, the other two would just kind of go on and be like, oh, you know why everyone's, everyone's scared of the monsters? But it's going to be like, because the monsters this time are black. So everyone's going to be like, oh, shit, there's black monsters in the neighborhood. That's worse than white monsters. Actually, you know who's going to be, if that was to ever come to uh, fruition, who they could play, who they could get as Herman Munster. Pretty darn easy once you hear it. Sean James, the YouTuber. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know who that Blackenstein is. It's our, our friend, uh, oh, no. Frank Blackman. Mm. Is, uh, oh, no, okay. No, no friend okay. of his. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one who says you guys are horrible at martial arts, not movie knowledge. Yeah. He still emails us telling us we're a pack of idiots. 
And can he come back uh-huh. on soon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still morons. Um, I don't know. Anybody got anything to say about this? I mean, you'd think that I'd have a, a diatribe of about an hour to speak, but I really don't because I've just seen it that many times that I'm. It's. I found myself today, like many other times, <laughs> it's going to sound insane, speaking a dialogue as it was coming. As, um, it's part of your DNA, basically. It is. It really is. Uh, for instance, when the uh, Herman and um, Grandpa bust out of the back of the van when it's leaving the pizza store and they're trying to tell the cops to go chase the van because it's got the robots in there, I was literally saying line for line, word for word. What was coming up next? I thought it's pretty sad, but what are you going to do? Uh, and he also had right before that. He also had the great joke where uh, they're in the van with the robots, and uh, Grandpa starts hitting on the female robot, and mm-hmm. uh, Herman's like, "Oh, that's a uh, that's a robot. They don't talk. You know, she doesn't talk." And Grandpa's <laughs> like, "I know. Those are the best kind." Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm like. Man, yep. grandpa's a good dude. He yep. knows. He knows. Well, the he best knows. the best joke was when they were in jail and the black cellmate tries oh, to yeah. tries to be the <laughs> cell block king on Herman and calls him a honky and then suddenly realizes <laughs> a big Frankenstein monster. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Man. I would I, I would actually love to see uh, I know you can't do it, you want to do it with Herman Munster. Like like Herman in the ghetto like that would be like the perfect movie you know like him just going in there and all the black people like what are you oh shit look at you like a whole movie of that I'm into I want to watch it could you write that this had been a ratings winner Mm -hmm. it Uh might have happened the next year (laughs) you know what that that's like what needs to happen is like uh, like the monsters but since the monsters is about them interacting with the square world a really good monsters reboot needs to be like Jackass, where it's like man on the street with Herman Munster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hidden camera pranks, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it, you know what? I mean, at this point, you put someone out there, they'll just think they're like a fucking Democrat or something, you know, <laughs> fucking liberal, you know. That's all they'll think. They'll be like, will- oh, look, there's another crazy looking fucking liberal. Oh, wow. What am I supposed to do? There's too many of them. I live in fucking Cambridge, Mass. I go to Harvard Square. I see them all the fucking time. They all look like fucking freaks. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had a flashback. Yeah. (laughs) Just like uh, Dorothy, it's all right. Toto, we're not in Massachusetts anymore. (laughs) I started to hyperventilate. (laughs) You're you're safe in DeSantis land now. You're okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh. But um, there was one thing as well with the robots in this. They look cheap as shit. They are obviously Don Post masks. And the way you can tell, by the obvious reason, is that um, uh, when Herman uh, interrupts, I think Herman is somewhere, and it's one of the ro- supposed robots, uh, you can see the back of the opening of the mask. Just, yeah. just towards the neck neck area so one that well, just in, slipped on in in defense of the movie all the most of the budget went to paying fred quinn so oh yeah I, to, that's yeah. 
I'd believe that. Yeah. Well, and did y'all notice the Tor Johnson mask in there too? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they they just called up Don Post Studios and said, "Hey, send over your your best costumes and stuff." And <laughs> since Universal owns the monsters and the rights to the look of their classic monsters, the Phantom of the Opera can look like Lon Chaney. Um, they had the creature from the Black Lagoon. That's a copyrighted, you know, costume suit. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the classic movie monsters is the Beast of Yucca Flats. <laughs> <laughs> I still gotta see that. Oh I boy, really I've seen it several times and couldn't tell you what the hell goes on in it. Yeah, it it's one of those I you can barely call it a movie, but I've watched it, it like four or five times. I yeah, don't know why. It's strange. It's, it's so bad. It's weirdly compelling because it's, you cannot it's take your eyes off you, of it. Well, because you're just like, oh, so this is the length some people will go to to produce something. It's just it's because back it's, then it was so can, profitable to make any cheap monster movie because you yeah. automatically had a TV sale. It's kind of like streaming today. You can just get away with making any piece of garbage and get it on stream. But um, but that's yeah. how prolific and, and profitable it was to do it back then. But also yeah. I noticed um, it appears that a lot of this was filmed at the time. And somebody can correct me on this because I didn't research it. It's actually hard to research this stuff. But I think Universal Studios had a Dracula, uh, like a House of Frankenstein stage show for their tours. And I think a lot of this was actually filmed on that stage set at the time. And it was also a way to kind of promote it. But um, but it looked like it was because I've seen photos, at least in the 60s, they were doing like the Castle of Frankenstein stage show where they showed off their monsters because that was their big thing at the time. They replaced it, I believe, with a Conan the Barbarian stage show that I saw when I was there in 91. It was pretty good. Uh, but for many years, it was it was the Frankenstein thing because that was that was their big. Do you think stuff. the scene that uh, had Herman and Grandpa visiting Igor back in Transylvania would have been that yeah. set? Yeah, yeah, that's what it looked like to me. Immediately, I flash back to uh, pics that I think my grandmother took in the 1960s when she went to Universal Studios and they were doing that tour. And I, I said, okay, I bet that's the Dracula show that they were doing at the time. I found the actual inside of the house to be very, very similar, a replication of the old TV show. Would that have been a set they still would have had sort of set up or they have to reconstruct it probably had to redress it mm. i bet it was changed for a regular normal sitcom that was filmed there and then they redressed it again for the monsters because really all they do is they just change the furniture and you know change the drapes and make it look a bit, a bit different yeah no spot under the stairs in this one but we yeah. do see we do see you know you know not actually spots face even though it's in not silhouetted in under the stairs but we do see the fire and these very cheap looking poor playing checkers with uh with herman but um i did like the string of boyfriends marilyn was having come through when they were all just spooked the hell out the one in the still funny <laughs> yeah yeah i also yeah. did like it that they that herman finally said uh, Marilyn was beautiful and she was dressed like a witch. That's She's right. Like, oh, yeah. you look so beautiful. Because <laughs> we saw that coming a mile away, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, it's still funny it. when he said it. Still yeah. funny when he said it. They <laughs> mentioned uh, they had the Halloween party at the, the house at the end. They had an Aunt Elvira. Was that was there an Elvira property floating around before that? The name I don't even or something? So um, the Oak Ridge Boys had a hit song. 
And I don't think Cassandra Peterson started the Elvira character until like 1981, but I might be wrong. Mm. Just a coincidence that there was a, an Aunt Elvira. Didn't look nothing like Elvira, the Cassandra, Cassandra right. Peterson character, but the name. Obviously, there was a vampire going around. You know, it was back in the 50s. Yeah. But no Elvira, so... Yeah, I just wanted to ask about that one. If there's some sort of property back in the seventies of an Elvira, or nah, no. I it, it, I noticed that too, and I I just figured it must have been a name that maybe because the Oak Ridge Boys song was big. But mm -hmm. I mean, I've also read a rumor that Cassandra Peterson started filming her first day of filming. She was called Vampira, and then they got a cease and desist. Oh yeah, the real yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I've heard. I don't know how true it is, but who knows. Hmm. Boy, did she! I think, uh, it's best. I think it's best if the culture just forgets Elvira. Yeah, boy, she pissed think... off a lot of people. I tell you, what a I don't, career I don't suicide think she's, is. I don't. Well, I don't think she's. I've never been a fan of hers. I've. I. Oh, I did. You know, I've never understood the appeal. Because, you and it, no offense, Hunter. You need to be a teenage boy back then, and you would yeah. understand. John's, John's grimacing. I, I just noticed. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, no, it's just she. To me, she's just a bad groundlings actress yeah, doing the tape yeah. together breast, and it's if you look at footage of the vampire from the fifties, there's something really artsy and cool about what she's oh, yeah. doing. Yeah, compared to this kind of witless valley girl bullshit that was already tired after Lorraine Newman pretty much pioneered that character in the seventies on SNL, and it's just like. It just, I remember watching Elvira like in 83, 84, whenever we got her in New Orleans, and I didn't get it. You know, I just didn't grow up with horror hosts like that. And it's just, I don't know. Didn't you do know who would have? Robert Cummings would have got that uh, Elvira <laughs> yeah. itch. I'm sure he, he was a fan. But, he would have been like, uh, yeah. Well, she's in the Monsters remake. Yes, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unrecognizable, but I mean, who cares? Yeah, and then like her recent now, stuff so that she cares. said in interviews about she realized she was a lesbian when she saw a girl at the gym. It's like, what a fucking liar. Mm. It's like, you were always a lesbian. <laughs> That's right. Are your fans dumb enough? She thinks her fans are that stupid. They'll yeah, you're and right. It's very condescending and dumb. It's just admit you were always lesbian. It's, it's all right. Yeah. That doesn't surprise any of us. Who cares? None of us are getting used, so who cares? I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're Man, 70 or 80, however old she is. <laughs> I think she's what? Al Lewis's age. Yeah, I think she is. <laughs> but she does look better than Al Lewis, let's say that much. Well, anybody looks better than Al Lewis, I think, yeah. pretty much. I'll just wait and see when Sherry Moon's 82. <laughs> hey, hey, do you know who, do you know, okay, do you know who died recently that you probably haven't heard of? And it just goes to show about the irrelevancy of this first of the if someone's father died howard stern's father died right. and i bet none mm. of you have heard about it no 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 and it just shows to the irrelevancy of howard stern because if this happened 20 years ago it would probably be major news on every station and be like oh howard stern's father died howard stern's father died and Wal now walter like walter kern was uh was roasting howard stern on his podcast with Matt Taibbi, <laughs> he he equated uh, Stern as like he's he's like a a hooker who wants to become a society girl. 
and yeah. he does this. Like yeah. Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. just like he does this. Sl- he think like he goes. I want to know, uh, where these memos come from that tell these these radio comics to all of a sudden get really turn into Edward R. Murrow and get really serious. You know, <laughs> you know for those of you who have heard him, uh, who is generally a funnier person? Is it Stern or Mancow? I never really I heard Mancow. I haven't listened to Mancow oh, okay. at all. I okay. I've never listened to Mancow in my life. Okay. I'd probably say out of all those shock jocks from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, the only one who's still funny is Anthony Cumia. I'd yeah, say I was going to say, Anthony the Cumia is the, the funniest yeah. out of all those guys I've heard. Okay. Yeah. Because Anthony's still funny. <laughs> you know. Because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't yeah, look for mainstream respectability, so he still keeps his edge, I guess. Yeah, he knows he's yeah. odd man out. The way he was fired from Sirius, or listeners can go look that up. So he's, oh, he yeah. doesn't have a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Howard. It's just like I wish he would retire because the longer he goes on, the more he'll be remembered for all the shit he's doing now, and not the great radio that he did in like the eighties and nineties. So that's why I'm like, just please stop. You're embarrassing yourself. So if he had a retired around the time of Private Parts. He'd have been a legend. Had, yeah. He'd yeah. Been an absolute pretty legend. Much. Yeah. The legend retired. That, that that's mm-hmm. what he should have done. Would have preserved like his uh, rep. Everybody just just about everybody says they should have done that farewell tour. Done. Gone. Yeah. Because everyone I know that was a Stern fan in the nineties and even the early two thousands hates him now. Hates him. Yeah. He, okay. he lost, I don't know anybody pretty much, who's yeah. I don't know anybody who says I still listen to Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Everybody, like Matt Taibbi on that podcast goes, oh, I used to listen to Stern a long time ago, you know? But you know, I, Hey, Hunter, uh, I listened to that podcast as well. Did you notice Matt Taibbi couldn't even remember that Stern ran for governor of New York? Yeah, yeah. He, he completely couldn't even remember. He goes, didn't he run for office or something? <laughs> something in a manner just like Trump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've All never right. seen someone. Well, go the, the from reason being... to listen to that podcast is Kern, really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Kern's great. It's not. Yeah, Walter Kern. If you don't follow Walter Kern on Twitter, you should. Um, you know, he's a he's he's good at Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but I've never seen like such a relevancy happen to someone who is so hot, you know, and then just like really flush all of his credibility down the toilet just well you in know, the span of I, a few I, years i think the the analogy kern made is correct he really he loves being in the hollywood crowd he loves their approval and he'll do anything to keep it and i think that's more important to him than the listeners and you know I, with he was serious serious is willing to prop him up you know he can go mm-hmm. do a show and i don't know who's listening to it but you know they, he they, was better when his Hollywood it. he was better when his Hollywood friends were D Snyder and Andrew Dice Clay. That was like <laughs> yeah. Pete Stern. That was it. Oh, <laughs> I think Chuck Norris and Joe Piscopo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. After that he kind of just he, he lost it. Did going to Sirius ruin Stern? He was still funny for 
a few years after that. What happened was the big change was when Artie left the show. And it started to happen a little before Artie left, like maybe a year and a half before Artie left the show. Like Howard was already starting to make that turn. You know, same thing happened with Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith turned into a huge pussy. Um, you know, it's, and that was I, I, Kevin Smith is a, a great example of uh, how these parents are led around by their kids because it definitely he he was on his way down already. But I, I've noticed it's gone into overdrive since his, you know, daughters started appearing in movies and stuff like that. Hmm. And she seems to be he and his she she seems to be leading him around. You know. She does because he allows it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, th- that Kevin Smith's another great example. Hey, Stuart, I'm going to send you a picture mm-hmm. and I want you to sh- screen share it. Hold on okay. for one second. Okay. I'm uh, sending it to you now and I want you to screen share it. And I'm going to explain what everyone's looking at. All right. Hold on a second. That is who Kevin Smith's daughter's dating. Uh, well. I mean, if your father has a low T count, uh, the daughter's not gonna. <laughs> I mean, can you think? Can you? I mean, can you think of a guy who looks more like a pussy than that guy? That he, screams... he reminds me of the religious uh, guy that Kevin Smith, uh, his character is mocked in Clerks too. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. you're yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's, in fact, I was kind of going. He looks like someone from a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. Okay. He's like jumper says that he's always got to mock and rip on. He's jumper says community of love hippies are right. Fuck. His kids probably screams. another fruity. He's probably another fruity vegan too, just like mm. Kevin. Yeah. California. He has got three letters attached to it, screaming it. H, R, T. Hormone replacement therapy. <laughs> he looks like the sort of guy, honestly, who'd be, who'd be asking Smith's daughter everything. Uh, is, is it all right if I hold your hand? Is it all right if we... I can get a kiss. Is it all right? If it's all right, if I wear your clothes. Yeah, you are. Is are you, are you gonna are you gonna consent? Is it okay? Can I wear your underwear? <laughs> <laughs> you you did say that your father has gag balls, right? You get that gag ball you from your father's drawer. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. They must not breed. They are they are forbidden from fucking breeding them to. Yeah, we don't oh, need he probably doesn't even have any working semen inside of him from all the from all the vegan diet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Believe me. Having said that, shall we rate the Muzzle's Revenge, which people have been tuning in to listen yeah. to instead of getting everything but that? Uh, we get our negative iTunes reviews about what bullies we are. Actually, if you look on the uh, on the Australian iTunes store, we've got two reviews. Five and a one. <laughs> we got a we got an average of three. So someone out there ain't happy. Oh well. Oh well. Okay. Okay. Months it's of all revenge. Your bashing, it's all your bashing of fucking crocodile Dundee that got us the one. Well, I stand by it with no shame. Be, I think it went too far. Proud of Paul Hogan. 
your Paul Hogan hatred stopped you from having a perfect score. I have to stand I. by my <laughs> by my not my rights. What's the word? I can't even think you've upset me that much. Shut up, Garo. <laughs> by my convictions. That's what I mean. I got to stand by my convictions about Paul Hogan. Um, I'll tell you what. If we're going to play that, guys, what do they expect? I tell you what. We haven't done this for a long time. When we used to spin the wheel of death on the MMC, <laughs> who's going to drop off next? Fucking Paul Hogan, man, at eighty-two, he can't be far yeah. away. He can't be. I, I've been, I was saying Mick Mars for the longest time. That motherfucker kept living, so I'm, I'm stopping with Mick Mars. Mick Mars is a cockroach. Yeah, <laughs> the human cockroach. He's replaced Keith Richards. Yeah. All right, right. Muscle Revenge. I, I know we want to wind it up. Okay, Hunter, what are you giving it? I'll give it a. Um, I'll I'll give it a, a six. I gave it about the same. I gave Muster Go Home. Um, I like okay. it, but. I like uh, Monster Go Home for different reasons. Monster Go Home has, it's got more of a, ooh, we're doing a big movie thing, so we have that big race and stuff mm. like that. Whereas this is like a Scooby, it's like the monsters meet Scooby Doo. It's fun. Mm. And uh, yeah, for the cast to be gone for a few years, come back and feel right in the pocket works. I just, you know, get rid of Sid Caesar and the Phantom with you there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John? Solid six. If it had no Sid Caesar, I'd probably give it a seven. Hmm. Okay. Garrow? I'm going seven because I gave Monsters Go Home a six. I like this better than Monsters Go Home. And it probably would have been an eight if it had no Sid Caesar or Phantom. Get rid of those two, and it's a much better movie. But I did enjoy it. I, I had a good time. I, I'm hoping that the Rob Zombie film will probably take inspiration from this, but he'll mostly probably just take inspiration from the Sid Caesar parts. Yes. Yeah. He'll take inspiration from his own previous films, like Three from Hell. Yeah. So we really right. you, you, gave, you, gave, you gave that a 10, so. <laughs> I gave it a six and a half. That's right. He did Stop misleading the audience. <laughs> he gave it a, gave like a 10, still what the hell? You. <laughs> gave the three from hell a 10 what's the matter with you somebody has to be in zombies corner at least once yeah stop picking on the kid zombie he doesn't need you oh well then fuck it i'll regrade it zero yeah (laughs) see we're we're going new ceo of uh warner brothers discovery on this shit it's like no we don't know him anything we don't know rob zombie shit nope yeah Yeah. we'll cancel the monsters We'll, we'll, right, we'll, yeah. we'll bury it. Shelve it. Actually, uh, doing, the artwork I was showing you boys for weeks one, week two, etc. with the collage, I've actually got the Rob Zombie one done. It's just um, all the lettering, week four, the monsters with Gara Nagosian, and it's just got all turd emojis. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be posting the audio version on my social media. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I'm going to rate the monsters. Revenge. I'm giving out a big old ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Okay. Childhood bias okay. always gets it. Yeah. Okay. Now, before we end the show, we have to. What are we? What do you think? We're you going to give a rating to what you think Rob Zombie's monsters is going to be and why? John, you go first. Um, 
I'm gonna predict a four. I think it might have a good 15, 20 minutes, maybe, if we're lucky. And, hey Garo, uh, Garo, is that gonna become a sound bite after <laughs> <laughs> one that you will never live down, John? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna say four, but that's kind of he could surprise us. I don't think he will, but I'm gonna be nice and just say eh, maybe a four, but I think it's gonna be pretty goddamn awful, honestly. Okay, Hunter's still thinking. Um, I'm going to go, I'm aiming pretty low. Um, I think it's going to be, I'll go, I'll go lower, you know, maybe this will surprise me. I'll like it more. I'll go three. And why? Why? Yeah. You've seen the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It doesn't, I I don't, I don't think I cracked, I don't think I cracked a smile during the trailer. I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm going I'm with John. I think it's a four. I think it could have some decent stuff in it, uh, but I don't think I think it's probably gonna be my favorite Rob Zombie movie um, out of four. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be better than all of his other movies, but it's still not gonna be considered a good movie by normal standards. All right, I'm gonna give it a one and a half because. For the reason that I'm expecting absolutely nothing, and it gives me a lot of leeway to play with from one and a half to ten. It ain't gonna be a ten. Let me let's just get that out there. Ain't happening. No. 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 And you did the get three from Power of 10. Hope is the uh, the PG rating. I'm telling you right there, the only positive mm-hmm. sign. He he got a mm-hmm. soft PG. That was stunning to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. He just might surprise right. us. So we've just preempted what we think it's going to be you know what i i said it before if this film knocks our socks off we all rave about it <laughs> it'll be one we'll never live down ever no i want it to i want to be yeah surprised. i, want it to be I agree i want I really... a shock i want to be humbled i do yes. i want to be surprised. i'm tired of of the this movie review gig being so predictable with new stuff I want to be surprised. I, I want Rob Zombie to surprise us all with a great monsters film that we can yeah. put up there right up top. Then he can get to us on Twitter and say, I told you guys this was going to be great. And he's going to block us. I'll be perfectly happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, he can go complain about the kids at the skate park. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm already blocked by Fangoria on Twitter. So, are you? Um, oh, okay. I made fun of them because they took. Uh, remember when Cinestate got shut down and the mm-hmm. Rebeller got shut down? Well, mm-hmm. suddenly I got an email offering me a Fangoria subscription for some alleged cheap price, and I knew Fangoria had an ugly divorce from Cinestate. And I said, "Those assholes! They basically got the subscription list from the Rebeller because that's how they got my email." Mm-hmm. And then I looked at Fangoria's page; they had blocked me. Jeez. <laughs> Like, so I started calling them the uh, nickname the Gorgazette always had for them on Twitter because Twitter bots can't pick <laughs> the, up on that. The uh, the shifting of letters in Feng. All right, all right. I well, mean, who? I, I mean, the thing is, why do you even need fucking magazines anymore? I mean, every it's no. the, everyone's got the internet. Everything, anything you want to know news wise is on a website within twenty minutes of it happening. You know, it's like mm. you get a magazine, all the news is fucking two months old. It's ridiculous. The only reason to get a magazine is good writing. 
and you're not getting that and for Fangoria. No, because every single fucking rider now is a friggin' libtard. So you, yeah. there's no it's way un- you unbearable. can get decent writing, you know? Speaking Magazines of writing, dead. When's, uh, where's the latest Wings Chop, John? Uh, I think they quit publishing that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say. Right. I, I, you can still get them from Amazon. I don't even have all the issues, but you can uh. still get them from Amazon. They're fairly cheap. They're, those are worth picking up, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, there is a zine I'm currently buying issues of. Uh, it's uh, Bare Bones. And the writing is actually really good. And, it, and a lot of times they're just reviewing books. And mm-hmm. uh, S. Craig Zoller is actually a, a regular contributor to it. So it's it's actually worth reading. I, like, I've been enjoying that. A little overpriced at 10 bucks, but it's all right. Be good if we can get him on one day. Oh, boy. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm. Not making any movies. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, speaking yeah, of that... Um... You were talking to uh, Hunter. Was talking to one of the guys from Bloody Out Gang. <laughs> don't 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 jinx it. I don't know. I you know. No. I just I said you were talking that to. That's all. That's yeah, all I said. Yeah. You were just okay. discussing with me. <laughs> all righty. All right. We'll wrap wrap up. We'll wrap up week three of Monsters Month. Monster Revenge in the can. Um. And yeah, <laughs> the big one next week. Yep. <laughs> 18 months it's has it been 18 months since we first heard about this announcement or thereabouts about that huh it's been a while all righty all right we'll wrap it up and uh we'll have the nez for his piece uh god knows what he's been talking about it'll be something offensive i'm sure uh please oh man cracks up okay boys say good night 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 adios and now it's time for Rue Britannia with your foreign correspondent, the Nez. Maybe there was surprise in there with the evidence those who thought that the Royal Funeral was actually just an excuse for London Fashion Week. The world's hoi polloi descended on London with all the adroit subtlety of a statue of John F. Kennedy having its head removed with a beer keg. And as usual, the voluntary humiliation ran somewhat rather deep. Joe Biden, when not getting stuck in traffic, compared Her Majesty the Queen to his own mother. The Queen passed away at the age of 96 years of age. Joe Biden is 78 years of age. So what Biden is alluding to is frankly anybody's guess. Still, it's nice to see Joe paying tribute to a white person he actually really liked. Meanwhile, New Zealand Prime Minister and part-time racehorses Jacinda Ardern bragged at the BBC about New Zealand one day becoming a republic. Naturally, she contradicted herself. On the one hand, she said it would actually inevitably happen, but actually not in their lifetime. Yet she actually fails to mention that she's only really 42 years of age. Yes... Meanwhile, the London media went about normal business as usual. BBC presenters boasted of the end of the monarchy, but not really the end of the BBC licence fee. Asked about it. Daytime TV presenters jumped the queue in order to pay tribute to the Queen's casket lying in the pose in Westminster Hall. For everyone else, it was just basically a seven-hour wait. The Markles humiliated themselves just for the fun of it, as usual, before leaving. 
Lady Colin Campbell and her YouTube channel, Best of the London Meaners Coverage of the 11 Days of Grief, by both providing accurate coverage as well as also a very accurate inside track as regarding the unofficial royal line. If I were a tabloid journalist, I'd kill for royal sources as good as hers. And over 400,000 members of the British public passed by the Queen's casket. Rumours of the demise of the monarchy have all the accuracy of CNN presenters telling the time of day, which is to say, way off theme and wider than mark. Further notes in passing, the Hindu and Muslim immigrant communities mark the 11 days of grieving with a series of Indian-style communal riots on the streets of Leicester, all covered up originally by the London media until police officers started to get injured. Diversity is our strength. I'm sure the 16 officers and police dogs who were injured formally agree. Heavyweight boxing champion Tyson Fury ends 11 days off Twitter in order to get back to boasting about beating Tommaso Ken Anthony Joshua. Quote-unquote, I'm going to deck the fucking laser fucking for the Queen, he shouted. <laughs> so say all of us. And royal author and journalist Angela Levin shocked viewers of GB News this week by boasting that their majesty the Queen's favourite Bond film was Moonraker. Apparently she choked on a cigarette when Jaws effectively fell in love with Dolly. Well, that's a point of view. And that's it. Eleven days of mourning are over. Done. To quote Shakespeare as a fellow, I have done the state some service. They know it. No more of that. Pax. Thank you for listening to the Midnight Movie Cowboys. For more information, go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com. For feedback, comments, or show suggestions, go to midnightmoviecowboys at gmail.com. Like what you hear? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Hear us on Stitcher Radio. Head over to stitcher.com and download the app. Want to help the show out? Head on over to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and hit the PayPal donate. We appreciate all donations of any denomination. Find us on Twitter at MMCowboys. Like us on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com Type in Midnight Movie Cowboys. Hit the like button over there. Want to friend us personally on Facebook or follow us on Twitter? Go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and find the links from there on the right-hand side. Thanks for listening. See you all next week.